You're listening to the MJ Cast, and you're about to get remixed by Nick. The following is a presentation from the MJ Cast, the internet's premier podcast on all things Michael Jackson. You're listening to the MJ Cast by MJ fans or MJ fans. The idea is to uh, innovate, or else why, why am I doing it? When I create my music, I feel like an instrument of nature. You let it create itself, really. I know I do. And I love to entertain. That's that's one of my favorite things. I love you! <laughs> I love my fans. Just simply Michael Jackson. Welcome to the MJ Cast, your source of news and discussion on the King of Pop. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 56 of the MJ Cast. I am Q, and today we are very proud to present a remixed by Nick special. Yeah, it's super exciting. Nick is someone I've wanted to have on the show for a very long time. I've been loving his music for years and years. Nick, welcome to the MJ Cast. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm glad to be on. I think uh, I was thinking this morning, I think other than Michael Jackson, the name we mentioned most on this show, it has to be Nick. It, it is It is actually Nick because when you go to the tag cloud on our website, Remix by Nick is like right up there in size near Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson. That's crazy. <laughs> that's so funny. That That's so such a big thing we talk about. But we just love your mixes. We love your stuff. And we've been playing it, I think, right from season one when we sort of stumbled. I can't even remember what the first mix was. But uh, we've been playing it for the whole, all of our seasons. We just love it. So we're so happy to be able to talk to you. Yeah, I'm glad it gets, you know, they get you guys excited. You know, that's what I put them out there for. Ah, awesome. So, like, obviously you're out in the field, you're in a jungle or you're walking around. I can hear birds and seagulls and stuff. (laughs) I'm, I'm about five minutes outside of Chicago. So I'm walking around enjoying the neighborhood right now and before it, Storm comes through and ruins the rest of the week. <laughs> okay, so what? So what's the weather sort of at the moment of this time of year for you? Uh, it's usually back and forth between warm and sunny, and then cold and rainy, close to flash flooding, and it goes back and forth all throughout the week. So you know, Tuesday it could be great weather, Thursday it could be torrential downpour and flood warnings. So it's 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 fun. It's Chicago. Wow. Okay. I have been to Chicago. <laughs> I've been there a few times. Like we were there on holiday. We stayed outside of Chicago and I think, think it was called a place, um, Schaumburg. Oh, okay. Yeah. So That's then we would, just, we would just get the train uh, into like Chicago and see my Millennium Park and have that great pizza. So it was, it was nice. I like Chicago. Yeah. It, it's a great city. So how come you're in Chicago? Like, is that, you know, where you've grown up or is that sort of you're there for work? Yeah, born and raised. It's just, you know, family's been here and grew up here and a lot of work for me. So it's it's great. Oh, it works cool. Out nice. Yeah. Good. So there's a lot of work there. That's great. Yeah. What do you do as a job, by the way, Nick? I've always been curious. Yeah. So my real job is I do graphic design and marketing. So ah. all that artwork that you see with my remixes is all, you know, that's me. There's a lot of... I, I put the whole package together. That's why it always looks so good because you're like a pro. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I, I can. It's like the back of my hand. I, I know it that well. You know, it's it comes to me before music, so it's it's my first love actually. So you wow. said that's your real that you said that's your real job, like. But how how real a job is the mixing? Because you take it 
so legit seriously and the stuff you put out is like top quality so like do you get work out of that sort of side of your talents as well uh every once in a while i about 10 years ago i used to do some remixes remixes for a, a label locally called ascension and that was my early days so i wasn't near the level that i'm at now but you know it was fun and came up pretty well and that label and unfortunately ended up closing so um I just kind of here and there, I've been doing things with Country Club Martini Crew, and he's had a few official releases. Uh, one of his big ones was uh, a Katy Perry remix a few years ago for a song, Unconditionally. And that got put on her Japanese album. I think it was wow. that one. Oh, damn. So I work with him a lot, yeah. He's the guy that you did the Best of Joy one with, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I work with him a lot. I, do, uh, I handle a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff which is, is nice. I, the nerdy technical mixing, that's, that's, uh, that's my love. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was, that was going to be one of our questions later, so we may as well just ask it now since, since it's come up. So you've, you've collaborated with Country Club, Martini Crew. Like, tell us about those and some other people that you have collaborated with and what that process is like. It's really hard for me to, to find somebody who thinks like I do. I, I can't even explain how my brain works. Sometimes it's, it's pretty crazy. So to meet up with Lucas, who is country club martini crew, it's really, it's him. And, uh, you know, him and I think a, a lot alike. We go through the same processes when it comes to structuring a song and sonic ideas. And we just, we meshed really well together and we can swap session files back and forth and put notes in. And we know exactly what each other's talking about. Even if we make up our own words to try and describe something, it's it's really nice. Cool. And he's really the, the only one that I, that I collaborate with. Yeah, there's something I think in common with both of like you guys' mixes. There's something just like they're not the same, but there's this, they're on the same level. I don't know, they've got the same vibe. They give you the same feeling. Yeah. So that's awesome that you guys have got that in common that you can actually then work together. Yeah, we really try to go for a feeling rather than trying to fit a song into a particular style. I find that... Um, you know, a lot of remixes now, instead of building the music around the vocal or the original concept of the song, the vibe of it, if you will, it um, a lot of people go for fitting it into a specific style rather than, you know, trying to find something that, that fits the song. So it, it might sound cool, you know, in 2011, but a year later, you're like, that kind of sucks. Yeah, I never really thought about it like that. I don't know about you, Jamin, but I think that is something when it's a really good mix that gets me, it's the feeling. And that's probably why like you guys have done that. And then I like a lot of their mixes just as much as yours. And it's the feeling, I think. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Yeah, there's some of, some of your mixes, Nick, just take songs in a totally different vibe and direction to what they were originally recorded as. And uh, especially ones like um, the State of Shock remix that has that real electro sort of feel. Like that's a totally uh, different direction, totally different to what the Jacksons were going in, but it's got that vibe and feeling about it that just, I just love it no matter what. Yeah, the original has this loose energy to it. that it, you know, It's got a great punch to it. And you know, if you really pay attention, there's things that are, the level's coming up, the level's going down. And you know, it's, not, it's not super tight. You know, it's not supposed to be a perfectly... Uh, polished production, if you will. And that's kind of the same vibe I tried to capture in the uh, the dance mix of it. Yeah. You know, keeping that same vibe, but using new sounds and, you know, 
having that kick drum be really deep and hit hard. So that's, you know, that was my goal for that and just kind of keep that, that feel to it, the life yeah. of the song, if you will. Incredible. And we'll ask some more questions soon about some of those specific tracks. What, we, what I wouldn't mind doing now is sort of going, going back a little bit and into your history and talking a little bit about some of your early Michael Jackson memories. Have you got some memories around uh, your first experiences with Michael's music? Yeah, you know, I was, I was super young. I was, you know, I remember being two years old, three years old, you know, you don't remember a lot, but I remember glimpses of music videos and, you know, I was born in 87. So, you know, Bad came out a month after I was born and, you know, my parents listened to all that music. So it kind of, it seeped into me as a, as a baby, you know, and, you know, by the time Dangerous came out, I was four years old and, you know, I remember seeing black or white on TV for the first time. And it was like the most amazing thing I've seen, you know, people changing in other people and he's on the Statue of Liberty and, you know, next thing you know, he's in the middle of fire and yelling at something. And <laughs> it was really cool. You, you know, I was just hooked ever since. So you're a dangerous era guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say bad and dangerous are, are my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It goes back and forth. It, it changes. It's always changing. So are there like eras of music that you listen to most now? Would you say Bad and Dangerous are the eras that you listen to the most tracks from even today? I would say right now, you know, for a while, recently Off the Wall was kind of my go-to. Because, you know, it's so, it's very organic. Yeah. You had a lot of great mixes coming out from that album, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they're a lot of fun to work on. And, you know, it's just, there's that loose vibe to it. And it's, they were, you could tell that they were having fun and experimenting with stuff. So that was where I was at with his music for a while. And now, you know, I kind of went back to, um, I'm digging the eighties and nineties again and kind of pulling inspiration from that for some other stuff that I'm working on. So do you class yourself as an eighties kid or a nineties kid? I was born right at the end of the eighties. So it's kind of in between, you know, growing up in the nineties, I I would say I probably relate more with the nineties at this point right now. Cool. But, Jesus and good music from the eighties. Yes, yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> they don't. They don't make it like that anymore. No, they don't. What do you think? Like this is so unrelated and not even in our sort of question list. But music from different eras. Like, what do you think it was about decades like the eighties or the nineties or then even into the the two thousands? What's something from each decade that's so unique? Well, you know, the 80s were just a lot of fun when you listen to the music. Um, and it was, a, it was a slower progression. Like with, with the 90s, I'll jump ahead to that for a second. You know, it was very distinct. You can tell between the early 90s, the mid 90s, and then the late 90s. And they're all great. And, you know, the 80s, it was this kind of cool progression from the late 70s, you kind of keeping that disco-y kind of sound, and then the progression up to like that hip-hop sound right at the end of the 80s. And... You know, it's just people had fun with it. It was a cool mixture of live instrument playing with synthesizers and digital work. And you could tell that people were excited to use those new tools and, and put it all together and make something spectacular. I mean, look at Thriller, how huge it was and the combination of those live instruments. And then, you know, people like Steve Picaro doing their synthesizer work. It's just insane. And how about like 2000s? You know, you got people like Max Martin who just get it. And he, you know, he can craft a hook that's, a lot of those songs, it's, it's all about how catchy that hook is. You know, people could care less about a verse, but 
once the chorus comes into like, oops, I did it again, you got a whole bar singing it, you know, and you're like, <laughs> dude, you're 35 years old and here you are singing a Britney Spears song, you know, and I, but everybody knows it and they love it. It's, it's that hook and, you know, people like Max Martin, Dr. Luke, they just, they all come from a, a rock and even I think Max Martin came from a heavy metal band. I think that was his background and he just, they brought that, that vibe to pop music, which is, it's weird, but it works amazingly well. All the world must come together Face the problems that we see Then maybe somehow we can work it Ask my neighbor for a favor She said later What has come of all the people Have we lost love of what is so I have to find my peace Cause no one seems to let me be False prophets cry of doom And all the possibilities I told my brother no Problem times and tears for fears We must live each day like it's the last Go with it, go with it, jam
so hard for me to change. It ain't too hard for me to jam, it ain't too hard for me to jam, but ain't too hard for me to jam. Hey, this is Brad Sunberg, studio engineer and technical director for Michael Jackson and host of In the Studio with MJ. You're listening to the MJ cast. And what was the first ever Michael Jackson song that you had to go at remixing? Remember the time. That was the first one I did back in 2008. Good track. Good track. Yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty hard to remix too. Tell us about the process of remixing that song, your first, your first one. Yeah, it's, it's actually kind of a blur because I was still sort of new to actually remixing at that point because I had been editing music for a while since I was like 12. And, you know, I kind of I knew how sound worked. I knew how cutting things together and I knew how to layer things together sort of well. But at that time, I was still kind of discovering stuff. So it was a lot of playing around and picking out parts from other songs, you know, like, oh, I like that percussion sound here or that pattern. So I would I was replicating certain things that I liked from other songs and putting it together and making it fit. And it worked out pretty well, I think. Uh, people, it was pretty well received by by most of the fans. I still get requests for like, hey, could you still the download for that? And it's cool to still see it having a life like that for being such an early mix of mine. Sweet. What's been the biggest, well, I think you've sort of mentioned like one that's on the Katy Perry album um, release. But other than that, like that's because that's massive and they only pick really good mixes for the Japanese releases. (laughs) Of Uh, course. (laughs) What's been like another huge or your biggest success amongst your remixes? Um, Well, they've mostly all been just, you know, the bootleg mixes if you will. But um, one of the biggest ones I would say is I, we got the vocals to uh, Britney Spears' cover of Madonna's Burning Up Ooh. when she did that on tour. And, you know, it wasn't supposed to be released at all. And so we we did this mix. I did my own mix and a friend of mine did his own mix. And uh, we ended up sending them out to a few friends and somebody let it out of the bag and it just someone got it online and it blew up and you know there was an article about it on press hilton mtv picked it up somewhere and it was just kind of crazy to see like within two hours this mix that wasn't even supposed to be released yet just kind of took a life on its own and it just spread around like wildfire it's pretty terrifying and exciting to see at the same time on a michael jackson related note since this this is the mj cast um the the redux I did for off the wall kind of blew up. I don't know where, you know, I thought it was really cool. And then people really took a liking to that one. So that was pretty exciting. The thing with that one was it was sort of um, coming out at around the time that they were reissuing off the wall as well. Mm-hmm. The whole community was really in an off the wall sort of mood. And you, yeah, you did a great job with that one. Yeah. It was like uh, my own little marketing experiment for <laughs> Sony music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they uh, they should uh, take a leaf or two out of your book, I think, Nick. <laughs> Interestingly, you just you just uh, called one of your own songs a redux, and that's something I've been sort of wanting to ask you for a while. Some of your work you call remixes, some of them you call reduxes. Mm-hmm. What's the difference in your in your mind, and why do you use those two different terms? Well, I kind of came up with that because I was kind of lost for a term to use for a song that I've restructured using the original parts. Um, And I kind of, the mindset I go into when I do a mix like 
that is, you know, I'm thinking, how would they perform this in a live performance? What's an interesting way that they could rearrange the song and make it work? So I kind of went in and not even just for that one, for all of them. I go in and I start playing around with different, you know, I separate out the layers and figure out what could go here, what could go there, what can I flip around and keep a vocal going over another part. And it just kind of, I did that and I came up, I'm like, hey, there's a cool word, let's use Redux. No one's used it yet. And now a lot of people are trying to use it. <laughs> so yeah, I've noticed other on. people it, doing it. Yeah, it yeah. was, it, it was, uh, it was the, I think it was the right term to use. A lot of people are starting to use it on their own Michael Jackson mixes. Take that as you will. <laughs> <laughs> and Nick started it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so so what you're saying is that you use the word Redux for a track that you're putting together using the original components of the multi-track, whereas a remix is where you're adding elements in that you've come up with. Yeah. Remix is you know, where I'm coming in and just totally doing something new or um you know i've coined the the uh the term deluxe remix for some of the songs that i've put together that are like the full version of something so like billy jean when i i put up the deluxe mix of that yes that's the whole you know seven and a half minutes whatever it is of the whole tape the whole recording you know i just clean up the end a little bit so Anything like that, I'll call the deluxe mix. And then anything where I completely restructure and start really playing with it, I'll call that a redux. Wow, that's awesome. And that, that was one of your most recent releases, wasn't it? The Billie Jean set. Yeah. Yeah, I put that out in January. So I, January. I hurried up and I was actually on my way to Vegas at the time. The, the day after I was going to Vegas, so I just, I was getting ready and threw it up there, got on a plane and then watched all the notifications come in on my phone, all the comments from everybody. So it was, it was something to do while I was on the plane. It was nice. Okay. Well, what, what I want to sort of know as well, and you have touched on this already, but I'd like to know what your process is really from start to finish around remixing a track. You've spoken about reduxing, but let's talk about uh-huh. remixing. Do you, do you start with the multi-tracks when you're doing a, a, a remix as well? Yeah. You know, sometimes, sometimes I will just pull the vocals out and get that all set up. But a lot of times I'll, I'll even just listen to the main song on its own, just the CD track and start playing around with different bass lines or melodies and different sounds and see how that starts working out on its own. And then maybe start bringing different parts in together here and there and, and see how it starts working for the older songs like off the wall and don't stop to get enough and all that since they're recorded to tape and it's live players playing it, the tempo is not consistent like a song like it is now if you'd record it digitally. So the first thing I'd start with on that, or that I do start with, is I'll map the tempo. So every drum beat is, you know, every measure, I'll put a marker and get it all lined up. Then I have to go through the whole process of... Um, it's called flex time in logic, what I work in. So I'll get everything locked to a consistent tempo, save all that out. And then I'll start actually working on the full remix from that. 
So it's sometimes it's a lot of prep work before I even get started on the actual remix part of it. After that, it's a lot of playing around. It's it's really because I don't have a music background. I don't necessarily play anything. I can play a bass line if I have to on a keyboard. Yeah. Um, so I like to say that I'm just a graphic designer pretending to be a musician. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> because it's the truth. Um, so I'll just, you know, from there, I'll just start playing around with ideas and seeing what works, throw stuff at the wall, see what sticks. And then once something is kind of solid, then I have a better idea how I can build around that and start playing with different sounds and instruments and see what works. It's really a lot of playing for me, just seeing what works. It's not always a very uh, specific process, which is, it's kind of cool. I always discover something new. Yeah, yeah. So are there some remixes that take ages and others that are just like, you get them out really quick because you're in the zone? Oh, for sure. For sure. There's been um, like that, that burning up remix I mentioned earlier. I did that in less than a day. Wow. It was literally, I sat down and, you know, I was just fired up. I'm like, crap, I got these vocals that no one else has. And I got, you know, no one's going to hear this for a while. So I just, I sat down and I, I banged it out and it, it came out really cool. And I did the same with um, a Katy Perry remix before. And I think, I think those were the only two that I got done in less than a day, but some, sometimes will take a week. Sometimes they'll take a month, some of them like uh, threatened. It took me a year working on and off to get it finished up. Wow! Because I just didn't know where to take certain parts of it. Yeah, yeah. And we're gonna get to threaten. Trust me, because that's uh, <laughs> Q knows that's <laughs> my, one, of my one. That's 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 the one. <laughs> um, you touched a little bit earlier on some of the gear you used. You said you have Logic, which means you obviously use mm-hmm. a Mac. Um, yes. What what sort of Mac do you have? I have a 27-inch iMac. It's like my child. I couldn't live without it. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a MacBook Pro. I love Macs. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't do it any other way. I'm, I've been on a Mac since, was it, 2004? So it's, it's been long enough. I can't go back at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what other gear do you have? It, you know, it's really the, just the, the Mac. And then I use, um, I have a pair of, uh, Harman Kardon Soundstick speakers that I use. So they're they're good speakers, but it's not like I, I'm working on fancy studio monitors or I have any fancy gear necessarily. Um, I have a, a MIDI controller, 49 key MIDI controller. I think it's M-Audio. I forget the brand. I bought it yeah. so long ago. I just, it's, for me, it's a tool. I don't pay attention to the brand, you, you know? <laughs> and uh, that <laughs> that's really it. And it's a lot of uh, synth plugins. I use a lot of uh, Nexus silence um and some random ones here and there are a lot of stuff that has good 80 sounds to it because yeah. i'm drawn to those a lot so it's pretty simple it's me on a computer pretty simple <laughs> <laughs> i'm like what is he talking about what? <laughs> oh man well it all just comes out like it's a whole studio i can tell you that it, hey as long as it sounds good right that's all that matters that's it Well, the time has come to play a brand new Redux from Remixed by Nick. This is a never-before-heard version of the Jackson 5's hit song, The Love You Save, uh, remixed by none other than my favorite remixer in the world, Nick.
This is Michael Prince, studio engineer and producer with Michael Jackson, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. Well, there we go, folks. That was the premiere of the Jackson 5's The Love You Save, Nick Redux. Very, very lucky that we were able to play that on the show uh, for the first time, and, and what an amazing, amazing remix it is. So, like... I don't know. We sometimes we've heard from uh, people that we've spoken to when they've got sort of really rare stuff that maybe they get it from this little tiny shop in the back alley in Japan. Perhaps <laughs> where is that? Where you get your source audio from as well? Yeah, there's a little shop in Japan that you go to, and you walk to the back door, and they just hand you these things. I thought so. <laughs> um, okay, that's all you no, can you really know, say, isn't it? <laughs> sort of. Yes, but you know it's. Getting stuff to remix is usually about having, you know, building relationships. It's just like business, you know, making, meeting people, making good friends, showing them that you're, you're a trustworthy person. You're not going to throw things on the internet like a lot of people do now, which it's a lot harder now. You know, 10 years ago, five years ago, even it was 
you know, you can meet some big DJ and a producer, some engineer that would have something and, you know, you could strike, a, strike up a good conversation. You know, you get to talking and you say, hey, I got this, you got this, Let you know, let's swap, let's, you know, do some remixes, whatever. And, you know, that's just kind of how it's, how it's been done, you know, unless you get hired by somebody, which is, yeah. you know, a lot more difficult. So, so this, this kind of um, brings me to a point where I want to ask about how, how the ethics around this kind of thing, because it's something I've been thinking about a lot over the past few days, especially since that new song leaked. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was called. Ghost of Another Lover. That's what it is. Yeah. I, I want to know, like, how do you feel? Have you ever been in a position where you've had really, really rare, super rare tracks and you know that if you remix them and put them out, it'd be really cool for your brand, but in the back of your head, have you ever thought, oh man, like what would that do to the collab? Like how, the- how would the collaborators feel about that and his estate and that kind of thing? Yeah. You know, I, I go back and forth on that, you know, with the, the Michael stuff, it's not the stuff that I have available to me to remix is nothing that's unreleased, which is nice, but some of the other stuff, you know, like that one Britney song when she covered Burning Up. Yeah. That was kind of like, ooh, should I really remix this or not? Because I know it's not getting a release. But then it's like, when I put it out, it could be huge. So that was really the only time that I've walked that fine line. Um, some of the, the Michael tracks that were just rare that people didn't have parts to at the time, I was like, wow, Billie Jean, you know, like, it's a big song if I do something with it. Or don't stop to get enough, you know that nobody's heard the full almost eight minutes of it, and you know stuff like that. I I go back and forth, and it's like, well, at the time, none of the parts for the songs were out there on the internet for just everybody to grab, and you know it's not like the estate or Sony was doing anything with them. So <laughs> I figured, you know, hey, you know, people are people are going to enjoy something if I make it sound great and do something interesting with it. Yeah. So that's kind of my take on that. But anything, you know, like unreleased songs, I'm not big on on those leaking, um, usually because I, I'm i not that interested in downloading and hearing a song that's mumbled for half of it or, you know, there's just kind of sparse lyrics here and there. Uh, you know, I wouldn't listen to it more than once myself. But, you know, a song maybe like Slave to the Rhythm that was a potentially... A releasable song that did get released, but you know, at the time when it leaked, and what was it, 2010 or 2011? You guys remember? Yeah, I think it was 20. Um, it was actually yeah, 2010 because it was in consideration for the Michael album. It leaked with Blue Gangster and a place with no name, I think. Yeah, so you know, something like that. It's you know, you kind of ruin the surprise for people. You know, I, I you understand that fans are kind of hungry for new material and they want to hear things and get excited about it, but. You know, at the same time, on the business end, you you feel bad for the estate who's trying to keep a legacy alive and a company like Sony, if you like them or not. Regardless, they're the ones who are getting the music out there and distributing it. And, uh, you know, you feel kind of bad that, you know, they're losing this opportunity to, to make some money on it to keep other projects moving forward and do new things. Yeah. Um, what about official remixes so obviously with the escape album that came out there was a bunch of uh 
you know, hotshot producers that did their own remixes to songs like Timberland, mm-hmm. etc. Do you like listening to Michael's work remixed as much as listening to the original stuff? Because I know some fans don't I do, like you it. Know, I do if it's done well. Um, and I think a lot, of, a lot of the fans don't realize how many versions of the songs he went through himself while recording them. Some of the earlier versions of songs that, that eventually got released. And you're like, wow, that's you know, quite a bit different. You can see what they changed or hear what they changed. And you realize that they did a lot of remixing themselves just to yeah. get to their final idea. That's something I was talking to a friend about um, on the phone yesterday. We were sort of talking about the ethics of, of um, leaks and remixes and all that sort of stuff together. And, and he was saying as well that especially in the last 10 years of Michael's life, he would, he would have producers come to him and, and with, you know, just get their hands on really, really old tracks and put a different vibe and spin on it all the time just to show Michael what it would sound like in a totally different context. Yeah, I mean, a song could be totally transformed for the better by doing that. Yeah, and, and that's um, what I think was you know, going on with the- Ghost of Another Lover because that, that song, you know, leaked in its dangerous form a few days ago mm-hmm. but was written all over these notes in Michael's bedroom that he passed away in um, like he wanted to finish it. And so I wouldn't be surprised if that song was out there remixed by um, a bunch of different producers for his consideration. Yeah, I could see it being a contender. You know, it's got a great edge to it, and it it really does have potential. And that's what I liked about the Escape album, is that, you know, they did something new with everything, and then they they gave you the original versions of the songs. And, you know, some of them I, you know, some of them I, I did like better. I loved A Place With No Name, the new version of that. It was, you know, deep, it had a great groove to it. I loved the original too, um, but I think Stargate really knocked it out of the park. And I think, uh, was it Timbaland who did, why can I think of the song's name now? Blue Gangsta. Uh, loving You. Um, she was, oh, Loving You, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, the new version of that, I, I like it a lot. The 80s version is, is really cool and it feels very 80s and it's a great throwback. But the new one has a, you know, it's got a great punch, great soundscape to it. And it sounds, it feels very fresh. So I was a, I was a fan of both. I, I love the new versions of Escape and I love the original versions. So you sort of brought up the posthumous releases. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. about those albums and the sort of like the what they've done with the music in general and, and what they could do in the future? You know, I, I really like what they did by the time they got to Escape. Uh, Michael was, obviously people know that there's a bit of a mess on that one, but some of the songs were, you know, really done well. You know, I like Hold My Hand. It's a simple song. But, you know, it's got great melodies to it, great harmony. And um, I think they they started finding their stride by the time they got to escape. They kind of got what what fans were looking for. And I hope they continue if they if they have enough songs to, you know, to release. Maybe, I don't know if it's a full album or a, a single here and there. But it would be great if, if they kept going. It would be great if they called me to help out. Yeah. Oh man, that would be awesome. Because <laughs> and this is this is something I kind of have been wanting to tell you for a long time is that one thing I love about your work is it it just there's a quality to it and an element to it where it just feels respectful for Michael. And I can't I can't really explain it any better than that. But um 
It doesn't have Pitbull on it? Yeah. Is that it? <laughs> it could be that. It could be that. Hey, you know, I'd, I'd get him, but he's too expensive. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. No, and that's that. I guess that's something I just wanted to say that I love about your work is it just captures that essence of Michael Jackson and keeps it there no matter what, and it just feels um, respectful. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that because that's really what I go for when I when I do any type of remixes, respecting the artists and what their intentions were with the song. You know, Billie Jean is an example of, you know, I, I could do a full-on remix of it with a whole new production and this and that and do a house mix and it would probably sound pretty good, but it's like, you just go back to the original. It's just so good. It's one of those songs that you don't really have to do much with it. You know, just rearranging the, the stuff that's already there is just, it works in its own right. What do you think about good? remixes where the remixer speeds up Michael's vocal or slows it down a lot? When it's done to the extreme, I think it destroys it. You know, like when they, uh, who is it, Love to Infinity, who remixed They Don't Care About Us. Great mixes. Uh, you know, the, the sound is great. The chord progressions are fantastic. But, you know, his voice is never... He would never be able to sing the song that fast, the way the, the rhythm works. And it, it's cool to hear, but for myself, when I was approaching a remix, like, you know, there's something to be able to perform this. You know, it just doesn't feel as realistic. So I go back and forth on it. I mean, it's cool to hear, but then it's like, eh, it would never happen for real. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple. <laughs> there was a really, we put together a... We just released a, an episode with CJ Devilla, and he worked on the song um, Break of Dawn. And mm-hmm. we were trying so hard to find a Break of Dawn remix that we, we couldn't find one anywhere <laughs> to put in that show. The only ones we could find had the vocals sped up so fast, we ended up going with one of those. But, yeah, I, I don't know. It's something about those remixes where it's really sped up, the tempo's faster, that's not quite as good. Yeah, it's hard to find a... a- a mid-tempo song that you could speed up to, you know, to a, like a dance level or anything like that. It just, it really destroys it. It ruins the, the vibe of the song. But then, okay, so I'm going to, ju- I'm going to jump in. I'm going to jump in because like you did, you are not alone and uh-huh. God damn, I love that mix, but I do, <laughs> I'm I, I, do I do not love that track. Like, <laughs> I loved it when it came out in the 90s and I had the singles, like all 400 of the goddamn single that came out. Got all of them, or not all of them, but a lot of them. Uh, but I just really grew out of that song very quickly. But uh-huh. when your mix came out, I really liked that. And that's that you didn't speed that up or anything. You sort of just changed, changed I don't know, the feel of it for me. I barely sped it up. The original tempo is, it's like 59.94 beats per minute or something like that. So right about 60. And I sped it up to 64 beats a minute. So then I can double that to the dance tempo of 128 beats a minute. So his vocal still was pretty natural throughout that one because I didn't have to do too much tweaking. So that's why that one worked out so well. And I'm glad it made you appreciate the song again. Yeah, it did. Well, I still appreciate <laughs> yours more than his. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm definitely glad to hear that. Let's just say when that came out, Q was fangirling over it to the max. It had to go on the episode no matter what. 
Yeah, <laughs> I fought for that. This is going in the episode, Jamin. <laughs> it was a revelation. You know, it was such a happy, it, it turned into such a happy, like, chord progression. It was really weird. I just kind of started banging on some keys. I'm like, oh, that kind of works. And just went with it. And I think I ended up, I took the pitch on his vocal in a couple spots just to make it fit a little bit better. And it worked out. Learning about the history of that song and how it was sort of made uh, recently, like a lot of us were sort of shocked to know that that big long note at the end was actually not big sung in one big long note. That was no. actually spliced. Like yeah, in the and it's, <laughs> it's spliced very badly. It's like four <laughs> or five different takes, which is <laughs> strange. I mean, it's not that strange nowadays, but back then, you know, you wouldn't imagine them making a, a cut like that or so many cuts for one note, but you don't really hear it too much as everything's going along with it. But on its own as a raw vocal, it's kind of jarring. It is. Yeah. You also hear it really badly in live, or oh, quote unquote live performances of the song. Like in, um, <laughs> yeah. Where was it? It was like the Michael Jackson and friends in Korea or something. Um, and when he sings that song, Oh my God. Yeah. He can really hear those, uh, <laughs> little splices <laughs> yeah yeah when it's right up in front and in your face it's yeah. yeah it's it's pretty jarring i'm surprised that they even left that in for him to lip sync to where's the best place to sort of keep a lookout for multi-track leaks um most of the forums usually i mean to be honest that's i don't really look out for the leaks because the leaks are coming from people that have people that i know yeah. Um, so a lot of it I've I've actually had before it's leaked, and some of them have ruined a few of my plans. But there's a, a few of the forums like MJ Hideout is one of them that's a lot of madness is going on there. It's kind of funny to read everybody's comments and <laughs> watch them yell at each other and all that. It's you know I've heard about that. I've heard somebody <laughs> said on our Twitter the other day that it's crazy over there right now. <laughs> yeah, people are you know they're they're pretty nuts, and it's you know there's all this fanfare and somebody backstabbing this one or scamming this one to get parts to a song that they'll never do anything with. It sits on their computer and they listen to a lead vocal, you know, every few months. <laughs> so it's kind of weird, the whole, you know, what people are doing. You know, I look at it as, you know, it's great to hear and, and pick everything apart, but I, you know, I use them as tools to create something fresh out of it. You know, I, I'm, I look at it as I want to give somebody a complete package of, wow, this sounds great. I've never heard this before. I love how this vocal sounds here. I never heard that take. And, you know, it's, it works out a little different and it's a little more magical when you hear it as part of a song, a brand new mix of it, rather than just, here's a dry vocal without any equalization on it or any treatment to it. And it's just kind of there. You know, it sounds like somebody's talking to you over the phone. So, you know, that's my take on that type of stuff i know a lot of people love it but kind of takes away the magic a little bit for each song when it's out there in the wild like that and um talking about uh you know like influences and things like that over your your work are, are there any particular mm -hmm. other remix artists that you listen to that influence your own stuff you know it was a lot of the guys from the 80s and 90s uh you know like shep pettibone and uh you know, like Junior Vasquez, and they did all those dance mixes back then. And that's kind of what got me interested in playing around with music in the first place, is hearing them put their stuff out on, 
you know, they got paid all this money to do these remixes for the singles and this and that. And that got released. And like, wow, I, you know, as a kid, you don't think that somebody could change a song up so much and be like, wow, that, that's really cool. That's fun. You know, that kind of sp- started my, my interest in that. And then, you know, once you got to the late 90s and early 2000s with people like Thunderpuss and, um, and uh, I'm trying to think of who else, you know, like even, even Wade Robson, he did, he did a lot of the, the live mixes for like NSYNC and Britney Spears. And along with, um, I think Ruprak and Alex G also did some of the live performances for them. So stuff like that kind of started catching my attention and they were, they just did really cool stuff, you know, with, with their sound effects and, and how they worked it all together. It just kind of, it, it really, that, that was my main influence, just kind of hearing that, not necessarily even a specific person besides a few of them. I wanted to ask how it makes you feel about people stealing your stuff and re-uploading it to YouTube on their channels. Super annoying because it's, you know, it's there on my channel already. I don't understand why it's so difficult to just hit the share button. But on the other hand, it's, you know, somebody sharing something I did and more people get to hear it. And they hopefully know my name if they don't change the name of it, which some people like to do. So it's okay. I prefer if people shared it for my channel, though. I, I can imagine it would be, yeah, I would be so annoyed by that. I'd be so ticked off by that because you put so much time and effort into those pieces and then for somebody to go and get the credit for it must be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is frustrating, you know, because uh, they don't understand. Um, the, I would say the general fan population doesn't stand, understand the process that goes into mixing a song and putting it back together. So it sounds like, the the song that they're used to hearing off the CD, you know, there's a lot of work involved. And for me, I'm at the point where it's it's a lot easier than what it used to be to put a song back together like that, because I I know what I know what you know like Bruce did when he was mixing stuff, and just getting tips from certain people who worked with Michael or with other artists in general, you know. But it's still it's a little easier for me now, but it's still a lot of work, and you know, a lot of people don't appreciate the work behind it. They just they look at it as, hey, there's something new, there's cool, something cool, and I'm going to try and pass it off as, as a demo or something or some original 1987 remix that was never released or you know something weird like that. So everyone wants their 15 minutes of fame, I guess. So there was a new leak recently, just within the past two weeks. It was a uh, the Blood on the Dance Floor multi-tracks. Uh, uh-huh. So far, as far as I know, there's been no, oh, I think there's like one sort of remix that came out of that song by somebody. Are you working on one? Cause I, I want one. <laughs> I want a Nick version. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I thought about it cause I, I actually had it for a few years. I think I got it maybe like five years ago. Wow. <laughs> you know, and with it being the, the 20th anniversary of the song, right? 20 years ago, it got released. Damn. Um, yeah, it is. Wow. It is. It, yeah. It would be cool to do something with it. So I, I, I might, I kind of played with stuff back and forth on it, but nothing really fit. Cause it's one of those songs where the original is just, it's so good. You know, what do you really do with it? It's kind of hard. But we'll see. Maybe I'll give you guys something. <laughs> Did you hear the one that came out, like a fan put one out the other day, like a few days ago? It's called, they called it the strip mix. But really all it is is a couple of tracks from the multi-track without any, any changes. Yeah, you know, I, 
it's weird. I, I like a good strip mix when it makes sense for the song. You know, and I don't think Blood on the Dance Floor is a song that I want to hear stripped back. You know, it's it's about the rhythm and the and the drum beats that Teddy Riley put together. And, you know, unless you do something similar to that, I don't see how a strip mix really works. Yeah. And I would say the same for a song like Off the Wall. You know, some people have tried putting those together. And yeah, you know, sonically it, it could sound good, but is Off the Wall a song that you don't want to dance to? You know what I mean? So it's one of those things that that I kind of go back and forth on. Some some songs it works, some it doesn't. Blood on the Dance Floor is one that I don't think it works for.
Hi, I'm Andy Healy, author of the MJ101 series, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. I want to, um, I got to ask about Threaten because that that's the one that really, uh, that's the first time I learned about you actually, was when a friend of mine sent me the Threatened remix, Nick remix, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, this is absolutely, I didn't, up until that point, I didn't, I didn't know that there were people out there like fans doing this kind of stuff. And it totally <laughs> blew me away. Like, and it still does. I still listen to it all the time. I listened to it in the car yesterday. And talk to us about that song. You said you worked on it for a whole year. What was the process? Yeah. Did you have access to the acapella of that song when, before you worked on it? Yes. Yeah, so I, I had all the parts to the song available to me. So it was always one of the songs that I liked off Invincible. So when I got the parts, I actually just listened to the vocals. I didn't want to let the music get in the way of anything. And I actually just loaded up uh, one of the synth plugins that I have. And I just kind of started messing around on the keyboard, figuring out where all the notes go and the structure of the original. And I just kind of played that funky little bass line. I'm like, ooh, what's this? You know, kind of, kind of like a, a dark, stalking, Halloweenish kind of vibe, and I was like, "Oh, that that's cool that that growly, gritty kind of sound." And I got that, and I got, I started layering in the drums and you know the heavy kick and the really fat snare, and then it kind of, once I got that the meat of that, the mix down, I kind of got stuck. I'm like, "Well, where do I go from here? This is cool," but some of the things that I was adding to it didn't really add anything special to the remix it started taking away it's just kind of like ah it sounded like i was throwing it in there to just fill some space because i it, i was supposed to let's say so i kind of let it sit for a while and i came back to it every now and then for you know over the period of a few months and i ended up finding this this string sound i, I don't know if you could hear it in the background it, it's kind of low but it kind of sounds like an old Halloween, like a cheesy Halloween movie um, yep. organ or something. I know, and it just I, kind I know of, what you're talking about, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. So I, I started playing around with that. I'm like, oh, there we go. That That's kind of working a little bit better. And some, of, and then I brought in some of the sounds from the original. Like the, It sounds like a tombstone being dragged. I don't yeah. know. If, yeah. You know, that, that it's like a gravelly sounding Someone dragging rock. a rock. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, Rod Sterling, what they all cut together, which was really cool to hear how they, they did that just on its own. I worked all that in with the, the intro effects. And then uh, what was interesting, actually, is that the, the version of the song that I have is the original version. It doesn't have that breakdown after, the, after Rod's rap or whatever in yeah. the middle. And then it goes to that chorus. And then there's like that cool breakdown that's real glitchy. Yeah. That wasn't originally in the song. That was done a little bit later, right before it got released. Wow. So what I, I'm like, well, I got to make my own breakdown then at this point. Everybody kind of expects it to be there. So at, when I was close to finishing, I went through and I kind of started stretching out some of the drum sounds and cutting in different bits and pieces here and there and stretching out some of the other sounds that I created to give it that that glitchy feel so it kind of called back to the final album version but be new and then in a really strange twist of events the parts to off the wall that i also had at the time um, michael did that intro laugh that everybody knows yeah 
but there's also this really weird cackle that he did that they didn't put in the song. I'm like, well, that probably sounds kind of weird for Threatened, but let's try it anyway. So I threw that in there, and it worked. I'm like, ah, it's strange, but it's really it, it works. It it fits the song, and that kind of finished it off. Wow, it, it it's a masterpiece, and it's up there with um the album version, in my opinion, if not even better. You know, like I definitely enjoy listening to it more now than I do the the version on the album. It, it's funny you say that. A lot of people have said that to me. Yeah, yeah, because I think the thing is with Rodney's stuff, as cool as it is, it's it's sort of like, and I've come to realize this over, you know, the last 15 years, it's really not easy to listen to sometimes because there's so much going on. It's so complex, the music, and it's you can't, and for me especially, I can't just, I don't just decide one day, oh, yeah, I'm going to listen to... Uh, Heartbreaker or Invincible, you know, like it, it sort of comes on and then if I'm in the mood, I'll listen to it. Sometimes I'll skip it. It's Sometimes it's a bit of a chore to listen to as cool as it is. Whereas I found that with yeah. your mix of Threatened, it, it is easier to listen to and, and to vibe to. Yeah, I, I kind of gave it a little space to let, you know, I, I let his vocal come through a little bit more and I, and I really let the, the kick drum, the bass line and the snare do the, the heavy hitting on it and kind of let everything else float around that yeah yeah that's right i think it worked <laughs> for me for me i love yours and the invincible version equally like they're both on the same level for me because i think for me threatened definitely is one of my top tracks off that album yeah uh and just a masterpiece of a song and then you just gave it that like sort of just this not a different take on it but just a different alternate version of it and to me, they're just both brilliant, and it's a Halloween staple for sure. Well, as we call it, we call it we call it Thriller Night for Michael because <laughs> Hall- Halloween is Michael's holiday, and it's just yeah. got to be renamed as Thriller Night. <laughs> and that yeah, song, sure. I don't know who did it, but somebody made a music video to that, and it's a brilliant music video that oh, you've probably seen it that that sort of brings in elements from all these old horror films and things like that. And uh, you know, I, I don't think I've seen that. You haven't seen it? I got to send it to you. It's like I don't think so. You have to the, send per- it. the person who made this video has put in like a similar level of care and effort into the editing of this video that I think you know you, you put into the song. It's really really cool. And every and every once in a while I run a um, sort of like a Halloween ball at school because I'm a school teacher. So we do these like disco nights every once in a while and the kids all come along dressed up in their Halloween gear and everything and, and your Threatened Remix is definitely the song that I always make sure to play on those nights to get the kids really excited. That is awesome. So I'll, I'll send you this video. You're gonna, you, I reckon you'll really love it. It mixes in like... Um, yeah, I'm going to have to check that out. It, it puts in Michael Jackson footage from Thriller and things like that and even This Is It, but mixes it in with all of these old horror films and TV shows that I think he was inspired by as well. Like it's got Rod Serling stuff in there and yeah, it's very cool. I'll get it to you awesome. today. <laughs> yeah, I want to see that for sure. Are there any other songs that you would say you went into as much detail on with remixing as, as you did Threatened? Yeah, State of Shock is one of those that that I really dug into and I, I explored a lot of different ideas for it um, because the, it really has a, 
it only has two chords throughout the whole song, pretty much. And so it's it's very simple, and it lends itself to remixing very well because it is so simple. But it's also a pain in the ass to remix because there's a lot of different options that that you can put along to it. And at first, I was really inspired by I don't know if you heard it, but Questlove did a mix that he recorded like a 10 second clip of on Instagram. Wow, that I'm I have sure not he uses heard that. in his DJ set. Yeah. It's it's somewhere to, I'll I'll have to send that to you now. Yeah, yeah, um, we'll swap. <laughs> he uh, he he put like this really funky organ and, and it's got like a really sparse drum beat and it was really cool. And I was trying to at first I was trying to emulate something like that. I'm like, wow, it would be great to do a full mix like that. And it just didn't I don't have the live playing skills to really pull that off. So I'm like, well, we're gonna go in a different direction. So I started playing around with this this dance vibe and and kind of getting like these funky synth sounds and this bass line going. And it really started working out and taking on a life of its own. And there's just a lot of little details here and there that I did throughout the mixing process that, that kind of gave it a little extra punch in, in life that, that made it work. That one took a maybe three, four months to get done. You know, this is all in between my actual job. So it's not like I have... <laughs> all kinds of time to just sit and, and just do music, which I wish I could do. But, um, yeah, that Trust one took me, quite a while. I know there's that there's a lot of detail. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could just play with music all day. It'd be great. Maybe one day. Have Michael Prince call me, the estate, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it would be awesome. Like, seriously, if there was, if there was like an album that came out, a reissue, and it had remixed by Nick versions on there, I'd be like, yes. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Maybe one day, right? Maybe one day. I would pay for that. <laughs> I would pay to be on it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do kick, Kickstarter. Let's do a Kickstarter. We yeah. need Nick. We need the real good mixes, which is Nick. So we will do yeah. a Kickstarter. <laughs> what about well, if we know, start they're, a Kickstarter they're... where we can get a whole, a Nick version of a whole MJ album? Like Invincible nick version that i think it'd be fantastic well you know th there is there is a lot of potential because you have you know the albums like off the wall where those songs were all much longer than what were originally recorded sorry there's a large dog barking behind me that's um, okay i could hear a frog before for about a minute or something so it's it's <laughs> it's fine <laughs> so i'll go back and i'll say there are there's a lot of potential with albums like Off the Wall and Thriller where the songs were recorded in much longer form that with some of the mixes that I put out, you can, you know, you can hear that there's a lot of potential there. It'd be great to put put on an album of all the uncut versions of the songs. Yeah, that would be awesome. I'd be all for it. Uh, a song that, that came out recently, which is my favorite Nick remix really, um, for the last, I don't know, year or so, I love it, is They Don't Care About Us. I, I, can't, I can't get enough of it. I've been listening to it all the time. Andy Healy of uh, MJ101, friend of the show, uh, described... Andy's a great guy. He's a great guy. And he, he described it on the, the Michael Jackson archives as sort of like if Trent Reznor or uh, you know Nine Inch Nails had got their hands on that song and did a remix, it sounds a lot like, mm -hmm. something, like something like that. And I'm a huge fan of it. Tell us about the reception for that. Have you been happy with the fan reception of that song? Yeah, some people, There's there was one person who, who it fell kind of flat for. 
And then they kind of kept listening to it here and there because they were so used to the original. And then they're like, you know, it grew in me. I, I really love it. And everything else has been, everybody else has loved it. It's been a really positive response on that. And that's one of those where I, I actually worked on it back in 2015. And then I kind of let it sit. It was kind of done, but I didn't really know what to do with the middle section where the guitar originally was. Yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of let it sit for a while and I came back to it late last year. And I was just kind of like, you know, where I left it, it, it was pretty good. I, if I just make some tweaks, you know, I can get this out there and, and, uh, and make it happen. And it worked out and, and everybody loved it. And it's funny because that remix originally started as a Jennifer Lopez remix. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lucas and I were actually working on her song, I Love You Poppy, which is really weird, kind of a terrible song. But we got asked to do it at the time, and it was just a dance mix of it was going nowhere. And what I started, I'm like, the beat sounded really cool, the, the drum sounds I had going and, and the bass sounds. And I'm like, no, I, I just I can't keep working on the song. It's just going nowhere for me. And then I'm like, it dawned on me. I'm like, wait, I can use this for They Don't Care About Us. I've been wanting to remix the song for so long now. And the, the right idea just never popped up. And I'm like, let's try it out and see how it works. And from then on, I just I tweaked the notes to fit They Don't Care About Us. And, and that was the beginning of that. Wow. Yeah, it's weird. I'll, I'll play you guys the Jennifer Lopez thing one day and you'll <laughs> laugh at it. <laughs> Definitely interesting. <laughs> so you, there's a couple of other songs that you've had come out as well Jam and Human Nature and we were lucky enough to have uh, Jam premiere on uh, the MJ cast in season two thank you yes. very much for that that opportunity that was really cool talk to us about those songs because they're, they're a couple of like real classic sort of Michael Jackson songs that everybody knows what was it like remixing a song, those songs because they're so commonly known yeah Jam is really cool because it's really Bruce's song. And he had all these different sounds that he put together. Like there's um, one of the background noises is like a, it sounds like a, a train, like for uh, the railroad tracks, the sound of the bell. Yeah. And then um, just all these, the, the stab, that stab sound that's in there with the big orchestra thing. That's actually the recorded from the bad tour. That's actually the, the hit from another part of me at the very end. Hmm. So getting, getting into jam and exploring those little sounds like that was, was really cool. And the snare was completely untreated in the original multitrack, which is it's pretty jarring because it sounds very flat and harsh at the same time. And it didn't have any of the compression on it which is really what gives it that sound, that snap and that pop. And it gives it the punch. It makes it feel like, like a snare, like a Michael Jackson song. And uh, it was fun. It was a fun technical challenge for me to try and match that same treatment that Bruce put on it to put the song back together and, and give it a vibe. And then when I went in to actually restructure it for the Redux, I kind of looked to 
to the immortal mix that they put together because i that was kind of a fun rearrangement that they did on that oh, i love that with the basketball court and the squeaking yeah. of the shoes it was i love that yeah so that slow kind of not slow but that sizzling intro without the beats or anything like that that's that's kind of where i that was my starting point for that one and it just kind of it went on from there it actually started as it started as a short like one and a half minute minute mix for a teaser video for one of the in the studio with mj seminars oh wow <laughs> yeah so it, it kind of started that way and then i expanded upon that to create the full thing Oh, well, thank you. Oh, my God. I, I would not have coped with a one and a half minute long version. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't long enough. I was like, because they asked me to, to put something together. And so I did. I'm like, this has to be longer. It's kind of it's really cool. We got to do a little more with it. So then I, I did the full thing and, you know, they got the teaser mix and then you got the, the full mix that you got to premiere. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank that you. is definitely <laughs> one of my favorites. I love your jam. Oh, it's it's, it's a lot so of fun. good. It is, and it's it's got the the same essence as the original track, and yours is like so detailed. And no, I love it. It's definitely one of my tops. Yeah, the only thing I was missing for the song was there's a guitar that's throughout the song that wasn't included with what I got, but it worked anyway. So it's, can't complain about that. No. <laughs> Another one but, of my uh, top favorites is Human Nature. And you've got a, 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 like almost like a little uh, EP of versions yeah. that you put out of Human Nature. Yeah. And they all work. Like I, I, I've got some favorites out of them, but they all work. And I do love the cover art, by the way. I thought that just fit so perfectly with the feel of it. Tell us about the Human Nature because like that's such a – some people would cl like class it as untouchable because it's perfect – but there yeah. are good mixes of it out there, but yours I really do love. So tell us about the human nature story. Yeah, I consider the original like one of the prettiest songs of all time. Steve Picaro's synth work on it is absolutely phenomenal. So trying to even touch any of that in any way is like, it's really hard to, to dive into it and, and do it. And I sat on the song for quite a long time before I got the courage to even attempt anything at it. And um, I was listening to uh, Chromio's song, uh, Old 45s. And it kind of has this, it's a mid-tempo, groovy kind of song, pretty simple. And I'm like, you know what, this would, this would really fit, I think it would fit human nature. I think it would fit really well. So I went in and I, I sat down and I just, I figured out all the chords for human nature, which took a bit because again, graphic designer pretending to be a musician. And I sat down and I started playing around with some piano sounds and, and the drums, I, I wanted to keep pretty straightforward and just keep it kind of bouncy. And uh, it just kind of started playing this little melody and progression on it. And it had this tropical, kind of vibe and uh it just kind of took off from there and just kind of started building up and I, and I wanted to keep the original synth uh, synthesizer sounds in there because they were perfect there was no reason to try and redo any of that it just worked so well and keeping that in there with doing a new bass line and new drums and a fresh piano it just really kept the song grounded 
where it was, but took it somewhere new. And that was for the, the retro mix that was there. And then I kind of went into the tropical house mix from that point, because that was kind of uh, the big sound at the time, if you will. But it, it actually fit the song pretty well, in my opinion. Yeah. So I was in the right mindset for that. And it just kind of it, it evolved. You know, it was a lot of the same sounds. I just switched up the, the drums a little bit and it it worked out. It, it, it turned into that and I did some restructuring and created a, a vocal loop from that and just kind of played around with that, fading it in and out with some filters and creating a buildup out of it. And it, it all blended together really well. And I was super happy with the results and I'm glad people liked it a lot. Loved. Capital loved letters, loved. <laughs> Not liked, so, loved. So which one is your favorite? Uh, let me those? just, I'll go and check on where I've got it on YouTube. Which is the one we put in the uh, mixtape, Jamin? We put in the retro because f- we used the tropical yeah. on the main show and then we, we couldn't. Oh, was it? I don't know. Let me have a look. I'll go Hang to the mixtape. Okay. I can't. I like the retro and the tropical equally. I think, I yeah, they're my top two. So, speaking of the mixtape, you know, of course, uh, we're referring to our episode 49, which was our season two mixtape. And it's a 31-track mixtape of some of our favourite songs that we played in season two. And Remix by Nick had the honour of having nine tracks out of 31 on that little <laughs> mixtape we dropped. That is fantastic. <laughs> that's like we just can't get enough <laughs> we cannot get enough legitimately super fans like, super exactly nick that's the thing actually and remix by nick fan i want to get a remix by nick t-shirt when am i going to get a remix by nick t-shirt I, you <laughs> know i i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to set up a little store for everybody yes. to get shirts <laughs> i would be so proud to walk around with your logo on my chest <laughs> it'd be a lot of fun i'd love to see it and then maybe somebody from the estate would give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> All these fans are wearing Nick t-shirts. What is this? <laughs> yeah. Who is this guy? <laughs> so I, I think my favorite was the Tropical remix. That's uh, six minutes and six seconds, I think okay, it is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the one we played on the mixtape, actually. Yeah, you're right. Oh, you. good. Cool, cool. Well, and it's actually got 29,000 YouTube views. Hello. Yeah, just a yeah not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Great, great song. That was that was a great moment uh, for you, I think, and and for us as Nick fans. It was one of the mixes every year I try to put out a remix on my birthday. So that was the one that that I decided to put out that year, and I'm just I'm glad it took off the way it did.
Hi, this is Kevin Stade, dancer and associate choreographer for Michael Jackson, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. Are there any other remix artists that you feel competitive with? Like, uh, you know, other people that try to get remixes out of the same songs and that sort of thing? There's a few people like The Reflex and Khan who are out there right now. And they kind of do, they do a lot of the, the restructuring of the original tracks. Um, those guys do a really good job. But they come at it from more of a DJ perspective rather than just a general remix or, a, you know, like a studio producer type of uh, vibe. They, you know, they remix it where it'll fit in with somebody's DJ set where they can, you know, they'll start with the beats and end with the beats. So it can all be mixed together with other songs. Got it. Um, so those, those guys do a, do a really good job. I, I like what they do. Um, but I don't. I haven't seen anybody who approaches remixes in a similar fashion as me as much. Yeah. The only the only other person that I can think of that's similar is that Groove Funkle guy. Yeah. He's we're and we're really good friends. He does uh-huh. okay. I was gonna I was gonna get to him next. But uh he uh him and I have a really great connection and we think alike in uh in a lot of the restructuring that we do in mixes. So, you know, he did uh, a mix of human nature with all the original parts Yeah. and his mix is just fantastic. And I, that's why I haven't done anything with the original. I'm like, there's no need to, he did it. It's perfect. Yeah. He had a song, make it into our mixtape too. his rock with you. Yeah. The take it, the take it slow did, remix. Uh, yeah. 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 That one is awesome. Great. Cause the, the strings are just fantastic on that song. Yeah. What what is your favorite Michael Jackson song? Like your number one that you always go back to and listen to a lot. Oh, that is a tough one. It, and I want to know why as well. <laughs> the the top songs rotate seasonally, let's say. They're, they're always changing. But one that I always go back to would be Smooth Criminal. Because it has such an interesting rhythm to it and it's very fast-paced and it it's just, it's different. Nobody did anything like that. It's always one that I go back to and I can always listen to it and never be like, I'm tired of hearing it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a song with its own interesting history as well, because on the Bad Mixes album that came out in the late eighties, not, not the actual Bad album, but that rare Mm -hmm. Sony album with all the different versions of Smooth Criminal. My favorite version of the song is on that album, the Annie mix with the, uh, the live, the real bass guitar. Yeah, yeah. The the single mix they is really interesting, but the song in general is interesting because they mixed it like four different times. Uh, when it first came out on the album, it had uh, a certain sound to it, and then the single came out. That was a different mix and sped up even faster. And then it got mixed again when they put out the album a second time or whatever. I think it was in '91 they remixed the song again for the album. I love some of your mixes that you've done of like Madonna and Janet Jackson. So, uh-huh. oh yeah, some really good stuff there. Um, Those I'm are some of my favorites. <laughs> awesome. Well, I hope there's some more to come. Like, what is the stories behind some of like the the Madonna and the Janet mixes that you've done? And is there? Well, in, for- have you got anything on the shelf that you're like going to come back to? Yeah, I, I have been working on on a couple of things. For Madonna, Into the Groove is actually my favorite song that, that she has. It's Into the Groove and Like a Prayer are probably my top Madonna songs that I would that I wanted to remix. So I got to do one of them, 
and um, into the groove was just it was just it was a lot of fun to do. It was hard. It was hard to kind of initiate it because the original was stuck in my head so much and it was so much. It was one of my favorites, so it was hard to get started. But once I got a, a flow going on that, it was just it was so much fun for her. And then um, Vogue was. It's actually a pretty simple mix. It's kind of really all about the the drum beat on that. And I just kind of started, I loaded up all the tracks and I hit a few keys of the, on the keyboard and I was like, yeah, you know, it works pretty well. And I just, I left it. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, one of those ones that I had to spend too much time on. It had a really natural flow to it and it was finished in maybe two weeks, something like that. And you just knew to step away from it now. This is, it's done. Yeah. Yeah. It, it got to the point where I was like, okay, I don't, I started throwing a couple of things in there that would took it a little too far. I'm like, ah, we'll just, we'll delete that. We'll step back from it. And, <laughs> and it, it's, it's good how it is. Nice. So that was, that was Madonna. I did, um, I did her song miles away a few years back, but it's not really one that I really remember that I did. It's not one of my favorites, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but I am I, the Janet mixes that I've put out Escapade and Rhythm Nation are are just I love them they were yes. labors of love because her Rhythm Nation album is it's super um, it's really inspiring to me this, just the whole sound and production that went into it hearing the, the parts separate and how Jimmy and Terry recorded everything it's so different from how Bruce recorded everything that Michael did his stuff, uh, the way Bruce recorded everything was very technical and very clean and very well put together. But Jimmy and Terry were live, you know, they're musicians. They didn't care about that stuff as much. They just plugged in and, and hit record and let it go. And there's so many funky little flourishes on bass lines and this and that and electrical noise that you kind of got to filter out a little bit or, or mix it a certain way so you can't hear it. And uh, it, it's just it, that on its own was a nice break from working on Michael's stuff. Yep, just because like just because how raw it sounded. Yeah, it just it had a totally di- different feel to it, and it was just it was refreshing to try and put those back together um, in their own right before I even mixed them, did a full remix. Yeah, and wow. Escapade was one. Um, was one that I did a lot of experimenting on with the original parts just to see what, what would happen if I turned this up or if I lowered this or, you know, cut out a, a whole range of frequencies here and did this and that. And, uh, it was just, it was really cool just to, to hear, hear how they did stuff and how different it was. And then to remix, it was a whole different thing in its own right. Are there any songs, either Janet or Michael or the Jacksons, where, like, like out of any of their material that you don't have the multi-tracks for, what would be the song that you would most want to get access to? Um, for Michael, I would say I would really want Smooth Criminal in its original unedited form with those extra vocals that were in the music video. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of those lines. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of um, like a it, a lot of possibilities to remix stuff with those parts, and that that would be a lot of fun. I kind of have a whole 
I have a whole plan mix in my head. If they ever magically fall into my, my lap, I know exactly what I would do. But that, that that song would be one for Michael, and then another yeah. one would probably be like uh, Liberian Girl, just because the percussion's really cool. And yeah. uh, just hearing how, how intricate all that percussion was and the soundscape to that, that would just be really fun to play around with. Well, you know, I heard those Sony servers aren't the most secure things in the world, so... Uh, don't, I wanna... don't, don't, don't. <laughs> we know what happened to those awesome legend two blokes in the UK. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, la- <laughs> the last time Sony left their servers open, people got arrested. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> oh, we got to talk to those guys one day. <laughs> yeah, no, they're legends. From... From what I know, there was, there was actually none of that um, material on there, the multi-tracks besides. I think it was only much too soon that was there. Yeah. But uh, if anybody from Sony shows up at my door after making comments on that, uh, I'll hold you responsible. <laughs> no worries, Willa. Okay. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> I guess you sort of have to wait till stuff leaks out or comes out or falls into your hands before you can sort of go and make a mix because like i know looking around just for stuff for playing on our show like Mm -hmm. oh my god i want so much more jackson's stuff remixed from like you know the earlier jackson's albums there's such great songs that i would love to hear like you know alternate modern takes on and see what people would do with those And then Invincible, oh my God, like there is really very few decent Invincible remixes out there. And that's a shame because like I'd love to hear some sort of fresh takes on Invincible stuff, but I guess it's not happening because the stuff that people work with to create those is just not out there yet. Yeah, I, you know, I haven't really made any connections that have, that have access to that. You know, when, after they were done recording all that stuff, they, Michael's team took everything. You know, Rodney Jerkins doesn't even have all the stuff that he worked on. And uh, so it's, you know, I know a few people who work with him or who have worked with him and, you know, be like, hey, do you still have any of this stuff? And they're like, no, they they literally took every single thing. As soon as they were done working on it, they were like, all right, well, we're going to unplug this hard drive and take it with us. And then they never saw it again. So uh, getting the opportunity to remix Threaten was huge. Yeah, absolutely. There are, I mean, there are some acapellas out there, like You Rock My World and I think Butterflies mm-hmm. have acapellas. Um, but that, it, yeah, that, that would be there. that would be harder, though, wouldn't it? Like to try and build a whole track around an acapella without any of the original elements. No, sometimes it's easier, surprisingly, wow. um, because you don't have anything else getting in your way and kind of distracting you from just working around the vocal and making the, the vocal still be the star of the, the song. Hmm. So sometimes it, it's kind of nice. And um, I will be working on another Invincible song eventually, maybe later this year. Oh, okay. that a surprise. Okay, here we go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, hopefully, hopefully I can work on some Jackson's material. Oh, um, yes, please. Um, I'm working on that. I'm working on that. So so we'll see. We've got a fun couple of years ahead, Q. This is good. Excellent. Fing- fingers crossed. We'll, I'll cross my fingers too, please. <laughs> yeah. I, I would love to do, do a song like Can You Feel It. Yeah. Oh, so much fun. Okay. 
Yep. One thing that, that I'd love to see you do, and I don't know if you've been given this feedback before, but uh, so many of your songs, are, they're sort of like um, scattered around. Like there's some on YouTube, there's some on Tumblr, there's some, you know, like have you ever thought about doing a, an online repository where just all of your work is just there in a, in a, a list where people can download and access? <laughs> yeah, I actually, I started, I have a whole layout done for my full website, which you know, I'm busy working on everybody else's websites in the real world. <laughs> so I haven't had a chance to to get mine all finished up and, and all put together because it's it's hard to get everything online like on SoundCloud or YouTube because they have their copyright systems that end up taking half your stuff down. Yeah. So the goal is to get this website set up and then just have whatever's not on YouTube or SoundCloud just have a straight download link. So at least people can be like, hey, he remixed this back in 2009 or 2010, whatever, and and they can just grab it from there, even though it's not allowed online on YouTube or SoundCloud. Which is strange because there's people who have like full albums on their SoundCloud page that are that have been there for years, and I'm like, how does that stay? But a remix gets taken down. I don't know. We 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 come into that same problem as well because obviously we put um, a number of your songs in our show. And then when we try to upload our whole show to YouTube, sometimes they trigger the copyright problems. And um, sometimes yeah. the best Sorry. the best case scenario... No, 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 that's okay. Trust me, it's all right. <laughs> sometimes the, the best situations are when they monetize, like the, the owners of the copyrights let you put it up, but then just put an ad in front. I don't mind yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wish more of the songs... Um, work that way. Strange, like for Get on the Floor when I remix that and I put that on YouTube, it's just not allowed on there at all. Yeah. But a song like Billie Jean is, you can have it up there. Just kind of weird. You think they wouldn't care about Get on the Floor and they'd care more about Billie Jean, but that's just how it is. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> As you can hear, it's <laughs> dog is freaking out that I'm walking by. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. We're going to have a remix by in the Nick show. Attacked by a dog. Keep it in the oh, show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, don't worry. We'll be keeping all the animal sounds in the show. It's yeah, like a full uh, <laughs> jungle mix of our episode. <laughs> yeah. So what what are you looking at doing in the future? You spoke a little bit about an invincible song coming out soon, and is do you think twenty seventeen is going to be a big year for Nick mixes? I hope so. If I you know keep having enough time to get get stuff done, I'm actually looking forward to taking a bit of a break from certain Michael songs that I was working on, and maybe shifting my focus to a few of the other ones that I recently got or that I just kind of started and left on the cutting room floor for a bit um, and then focus on some, some other artists as well. Yeah. But I'm hoping to keep getting stuff out there and keeping it going because it's kind of, kind of dead right now for material. Yeah. There was a huge, there was a lot that came out sort of last year and then this year seems to be a little bit quieter. Yeah. Except blood on the dance floor. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully, you know, maybe maybe I'll work up something with with that one. But um, you know, yeah, just keeping at it as much as I can. It's it's fun. It's challenging and fun at the same time, and then I get to keep my design skills up 
by doing the artwork yeah. for the actual mixes too. So that's that's always great. Keeps me sharp. This is Diana Walzak, sculptor of the Michael Jackson history statue, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. I'm going to ask you about the official Michael Jackson remix album, Blood on the Dance Floor. What are your thoughts yeah. on that album? What are your favorite tracks from it? What are your favorite mixes from 
that album. Yeah. Yeah, I really like Is It Scary is one of the, the top tracks for me off that, just the regular tracks. Um, and obviously Blood on the Dance Floor is killer with its production. But um, remix-wise, I really like Tony Moran's history mix. Yes, me too. It's very cool. It's got it a is. great... It matches, it really fits with the song and how uplifting it is. And it he had the whole package going with it. It was the right move for that. He transformed it in a really positive way. And I really like this uh, Stranger Moscow remix on there too. Cool. I'm so glad I asked about that. Is that the acoustic one? That's... That's not the acoustic no, one. No, that's is it? that's a great mix too. But um, I think the one on the album is the is it just Tease Club mix? I think that's what it is on there. Yeah, right? I think it is. Yeah. What do you reckon the worst Michael Jackson remix is? The official and official one? Because in my head, Ooh. I've got one. I want to know if you think it's the same one. Like half of the one more chance mixes, <laughs> I would say, are terrible. I don't, like. R. Kelly's mix was good. Paul Oakenfold had a good mix. And then Metro. And then I think the other one just kind of fell flat for me. Yeah, yeah. Then I would say the Scream remixes. I wasn't really a fan of those. Yeah. The original uh, holds holds the best there. I can't stand the Jay-Z You Rock My World remix. Really? I hate it. I don't know what it is about it. It's just annoying to me. <laughs> I, You know, I, I don't hate it, but I don't love it either. It's just yeah. kind of there for me. Yeah. It doesn't offend me. <laughs> offensive, yeah. It's, I find it offensive. <laughs> We're never playing that one on the show, Q, just saying. Yeah, never. Never on the show. <laughs> so, okay, no worries. <laughs> I do like the, the Trackmaster uh, remix of Butterflies. That one I like a lot. Oh, yeah, yep. that is beautiful. That's the one with, with Eve, right? That is. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good one. That was good. I, I guess if that ever came out as a single, that would have been slated to be on it. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish they would have gone forward with a little more promotion on that, but yeah. everybody knows yeah. what happened with Sony around that time. Oh yeah, I was talking about that on the uh, on the archives yesterday, actually, on the Facebook group, uh, Michael Jackson Archives. Uh, somebody was talking about butterflies, and and I said I actually reckoned that would have been Michael's next number one had they promoted it properly, because there was such a buzz around that song when it actually came out as a as a promo single. And uh, if they had followed through with it and done a music video and everything, I, I seriously think it would have gone number one. Yeah, it, I, I agree. And, you know, it was one of those songs where, you know, he didn't write it, which was kind of fresh at that point. It was, it was kind of nice to have him sing somebody else's song. And it was very simple. It was laid back. It, it wasn't overproduced. And I think he would have been really better off going with that type of vibe where just not trying so hard. I think it worked really well for him at that point. I wish he would have kept going that way. That's the vibe that Rodney originally wanted to take Michael with, you know, like in the original uh, sessions for Invincible, that's where Rodney wanted to go, that You Rock My World sound, the butterfly sound. But, um, yeah, I think Michael wanted to go in that dangerous direction with a lot of hard-hitting dance beats that, that were really unique. Yeah, and some of the people who worked with uh, worked with Rodney around that time. They were working with InSync as well, and they did. They worked up some of their own instrumental demos that they w- were presenting to Rodney to present to Michael. And I think one of them 
they actually had JC from NSYNC sing on. But um, they had that, they had more of that heartbreaker, invincible, unbreakable type of vibe. So there were there were a lot of people vying for attention on that album. Yeah. Yeah. What other artists do you listen to and love? You know, right now, I, I'm kind of all over the map, to be honest. I, I haven't really, I don't really look at myself as being like, oh, I, I love everything that this person does or, you know, that everything that this that someone else does. You know, back you know, back when like Britney and Sync were in their heyday and, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s, back then I could say like, yeah, you know, I love this person, that person. But now it's such a singles market that it's like, oh, I, I really like this song and this song. And it's less about who's actually singing it. Um, right now, Tanash has a really good song out um, called Flame that that I um, that I'm really into. I like the vibe of it and I like her voice. So I've been listening to a lot of the stuff that she's been on featured on lately. So hopefully getting a few remixes out of her soon. But, you know, besides Michael, Janet, Madonna, the, you know, the, the classics that all of us love. What's the rarest Michael Jackson piece of music that you've heard? Um, you don't have to like share an un, un, unreleased song. You don't like, have to share where you heard it or, or who gave it to you, but it would be cool <laughs> to hear. Like that. Like, yeah. But in terms of like an unreleased song or like a multi-track? Anything. One of, one of each, Nick. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I would say, I would say the, the most beautiful thing that I had have the opportunity to listen to would be the acapella to smile. Whoa. Wow. Yeah heard that one <laughs> it's great and it's actually it's actually a bit of an alternate take um he changed some of the lyrics for the final one so it, it's kind of cool to to hear that and um unreleased songs i you know i don't really hunt down like demos of the, the unreleased songs that much so the the extent of what i've heard has have been like stuff that's leaked now like deep in the night uh family thing St- stuff like that 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 I've gotten to hear bits and pieces of or, you know, full things here and there, but, you know. Which I'm still yet to hear, so I'm insanely jealous right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're sort of getting to the end of our episode here, so uh, where can people find you online if they want to connect with you or hear your mixes? Uh, the best place right now is, is my Facebook um, which is just Remix by Nick, all one word. And putting Remix by Nick in Google will pop up everything. It should. It shows Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud. It all pops up right there. So, and you know, I love fielding questions from people. I love talking to people about music. So anybody who's interested is is welcome to strike up a chat. Awesome. We'll make sure to put your details in the show notes. And Q, where can people find the MJ Cast online? Uh, we are on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Play Music, Podbean, YouTube, Android podcast apps. You've already found us somewhere because you're listening to it, and we thank you for that. Wherever you are, hit subscribe, especially if you're on a podcast app. Subscribe. The shows will be delivered free to your device. We are 
at themjcast.com is our website, and that's where you can also go and read show notes and click on links that we've included across Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. We are the MJCast, and we have a channel on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash C slash the MJCast, and you can drop us an email, themjcast at icloud.com. We will not be sending you any clips from Nick that he's not going to be sharing. So don't go, don't, go, don't go asking for vocals and don't go asking for vocals and isolated tracks because we don't have them and Nick's not going to give them to you either. All right. Well, well this has been awesome fun. Yeah. No, I'm glad so you guys has. had me. It was a great time. Nick, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for taking us a tour, audio tour of your neighborhood. It's been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for having me. It oh, it's, a pl- it's a pleasure. We look forward to listening to your mixes. We look forward to what you're going to be dropping on us in the future. And uh, we wish you every success. And if you ever need anything, just hit us up and we'll do what we can to support you because we love your stuff. Great. Thanks. All right. Well, this is Q signing off. Thank you, everyone. And tune in next time for another episode of the MJ Cast. Michael on. And keep Michaeling. would be fun to put together a book of all the emails I get of people asking <laughs> me for parts to songs because the the tricks that they try to you know put forth to try and get stuff is it's really comical they have a lot of heart <laughs> I appreciate their effort but it's you know it's it's like ah uh, no you know I can't really just give you things but it um it's funny. It'd be great to, to share some of that stuff one day anonymously, not putting anybody's names out there, but um, <laughs> maybe one day I'll make uh, a little section on my website whenever I eventually get it up with all that, that stuff. Just some of the, the funnier requests that I've gotten over the years. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> love that to would that. be great. <laughs> I would love to. So it's, what's it's the deal with good. get? What's the deal with with getting stuff from you? Is it like a you got to do a trade? So if, if you got something that I want, I've got to come to you and say, "Well, I, I've maybe got something that you want." Yeah, sort of, but you know, you you have to be somebody who who could be reputable. You know, like there's a lot of people who come from some corner of the world that show up in my inbox and they'll be like, "Hey, give me this." Oh, like they didn't even they didn't even ask. Like they'll, they'll be like give me give me the vocals to this i'm like okay sure no but um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah you know it's there there's good people out there who who you can strike up a good relationship with and build some trust and be like hey i'm not gonna send your shit around to everybody and their mother on the internet and uh you know it 
it's a little touchier now because there's a lot of people out there who are file traders and scammers, which is a weird concept in a way. Um, but they're, you know, they, they just try to get stuff and to spread it around and get their fame for leaking something. So you got to watch out for people like that. But there's, there's a decent amount of good people out there who just really enjoy music and want to hear stuff and make some cool stuff. And those are the people that, that I gravitate towards and we hang out online and have a good time, <laughs> talk about music, We're, uh, listen to each other's mixes and give each other feedback and help each other out. It's great. The MJ Cast.